Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. I have to tell you, I don't ever get sick of hearing, here's the good news with Angie Austin. It's like a dream come true. That's a nice thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really cool thing. Yeah. And uh, I came across an article today, and I want to talk about it at the top of the show right before we get into our good news stories, because on Tuesday, I have Therapist Lisa Dunning here. Hello, Therapist Lisa. Hello. Happy Tuesday. That's become your name, Therapist Lisa. I know. That's what I call you. Hi, Therapist Lisa. It's funny, because Moose introduced me to someone, and he said, this is Therapist Lisa. <laughs> so there I am. Maybe like, this is Radio Girl Angie, or whatever, <laughs> you know, so funny. But Pastor Moreland also uh, goes uh, by his, you know, moniker, and I call him Pastor M, because I and I'm texting him. I don't want to write out Moreland. Hello, and but he said I can do PJ now if I want oh. for Pastor John Moreland. Hello, Pastor John Moreland. Hello, hello. How are you guys today? Uh, I am excellent. Uh, and uh, Lisa, are you well as well? I am. It's a beautiful day. Why wouldn't we be, right? It is a great there day. All right, Pastor Moreland, you'll get a kick out of this because I, Pastor Moreland once did a sermon on, um, you know, on you're calling and he says a lot of us just like getting a, a lazy boy right i mean this is I, i'm exaggerating but he's like you're getting a lazy boy and you keep waiting for jesus to call he's like he's not calling with a huge big plan that's like a movie he's calling with maybe just one step a step for you to get out of the lazy boy and then a step to go through the front door a step to get in your car a step to go you know volunteer mm-hmm. or whatever it may be and so I came across an article today that really inspired me, and I thought I'd chat with you guys about it for a minute. And it said, uh, turn your hobby and your passion into a successful business. And I thought, well, isn't that like everyone's dream, right? I don't think people think they can. You know, I think they separate that this is my hobby. I can't make money at a hobby. So yeah. why should that be my job? Yeah. But I agree with you. That I think that's great. And uh, I, I think the three of us have been, you know, pretty s- successful in turning something. Not, I'm not talking successful in the world, like, you know, we have big mansions and lots of cars. Successful, though, in pursuing our passions, because this was my passion. This is what I read at night. I look for stories that are intriguing and interesting, and I think that's fun. I can do it for hours if my husband uh, doesn't catch me underneath the comforter with the iPad on. <laughs> I had to turn, Pastor Merlin, you'd laugh. I had to turn the clicking of my iPad off because when I would click on the iPad, it would wake me up and I'm like, there has got to be a way to turn this keyboard off so he doesn't catch me anymore. That's oh, funny. wow. How funny. I didn't, that's the first time I've heard that story. I'm like, you know how a little kid with a book has a flashlight? That's me underneath the comforter. I could just picture you, too. I build a little tent under there. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so with that said, I came across the article, and here were some of the people that had passions and hobbies that turned them into careers. I thought it was so cool because, obviously, Pastor Moreland has a passion for Jesus. Lisa has a passion for helping people in therapy, and I have a passion for good news. So how did they – one woman took up hula hooping, which I love. I love – I do it you know, when I watch TV. And she did that to lose a little weight, and she turned it into a business. Another woman, she really liked those pillows, you know, that have – like a word a phrase you know like on Facebook you'll see like you know let go and let God or you know be happy or you know go for it and so she made a few for relatives and then she put the extras on Etsy etsc.com and a lot of women are finding success there um, I write about another woman who liked to make headbands she thought she'd make a little bit of money for her kids um, sports classes and you know how much she grosses a month okay. 70 grand a month on Etsy Wow, wow. Is that not? That's awesome. On headbands? On headbands, socks, and now she's branched out. I know, Pastor Moore was like, oh, wow. headbands. Wow. <laughs> Good uh, business women, though. Wow. You got a little passion for making headbands now, Pastor Moreland? No, but I have always wanted my own hot dog stand. And with the way this day is going, I suddenly feel led suddenly feel inspired toward hot dogs. You know what would be the coolest hot, stand, hot dog stand ever? 
you could what? be on the, like the 16th Street Mall, so an outdoor mall with your stand, and it could be like um, uh, bratwurst and prayers, or you know, hot dogs and you know, and uh, and blessings. <laughs> it's so funny. That's exactly where I've always wanted to open one up. Is on the 16th Street Mall. So. Oh, I think oh. that would be just because you know, people happening. are lonely and hurting, and they see a happy sign. You know, tell me my story. I'll give you a blessing and a hot dog for two bucks or whatever. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, Call you it never a know. happy dog or something. A happy <laughs> dog. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, so what? What? We'll start with you, Pastor Merlin. What do you think of that whole idea? You know. What whole idea? You know, of that, what I just discussed with you for the last three minutes. He's the thinking about your... his hot dog. Oh, that's so, you're, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you're distracted by the hot dogs. Um, I, think, I think that's awesome, pursuing your passions. I, I forgot who it was, but someone once said, um, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Yeah. Um, and, and I wholeheartedly uh, buy into that philosophy. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I've been... I've been thinking a lot lately. In fact, you and I are going to meet later in the month to talk about some of the things I've been thinking about. But I've been thinking about some of those very things. I think far too often, too many people I know find themselves stuck in something they don't want to be doing just simply out of fear. They're yes. afraid to step out and take a chance. And um, I don't know. I'm kind of, kind of growing beyond that point in my life. I'm ready to step out and take some chances. So I'm all for it. How about you, therapist Lisa? Oh, definitely. You know, I get clients all the time feeling so disconnected from their job and their hobbies and just thinking that they have to stay at this job because it provides the income. And, and like you said, Angie, you know, it, happiness is not measured by how much money you have in the bank. And I'm not going to lie, of course, when you have money, that helps, right? Yes. But it also helps. You could have all the money in the world and not be happy. So I, I'm a true believer. When you believe in something and you put your whole heart in something, money will come. Yeah, I, I think feel so. that. Yeah, you know? I think so too. So definitely follow That's your passions. It. You know, I, I was walking, uh, my kids have swim team practice at night, and I walk the halls because the other parents sit in the stands, and I like to get exercise, and I go by these quotes, and there's one that I absolutely love that relates to what we're talking about. It says, the reason a lot of people do not recognize opportunity is because opportunity usually goes around wearing overalls and looks like hard work no. from Thomas Edison. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. <laughs> Isn't that good? Because opportunity to recognize it because it goes around wearing our overalls and looks like hard work. Because I think that's the part that some people find uh, a little dissavory or not Definitely. savory is the, the the aspect of the really hard work that goes along with a lot of opportunities. It seems overwhelming. And yeah. so people stop there because I think they see too many like it, it's kind of like a puzzle if you take that thousand piece puzzle out it's like oh my goodness i can't do that so you put it away versus you know what it starts with one piece that's so it. i think that's the key you yeah. know they people well, Lisa, just I, i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no, I, I think you're hitting the nail on the head i know this is what happens to me very often i try to see the big picture right and i try to figure out every step that'll get me to the end from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned in life is take the one step that you can see or take the two steps that you can see. And what happens is after I take the one or two steps, now I have enough information to inform my third step. And then I take the third step and I've got enough information to inform my fourth step and, and so on and so forth. Uh, but it's overwhelming when you try to see everything mm -hmm. from the starting point. Definitely. And hey, I just want to throw it out there if you already have, because that's something you actually um, uh, did, uh, you know, a sermon about, you preach about that, about, you know, that calling we were talking about, like the whole picture might not be clear, but just start taking steps in the direction of your passions. And uh, uh, if, if you already have a church and you haven't checked out Pastor Moreland's church, then you might want to check out Thursday Night Connect. It's new and uh, we just started it. I went last week and you have dinner. And then um, I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, you mentioned you walked by and you said, if you heard Tyra sing, and I'm like, oh, no, I'm having a, I have, and I'm sure she's great. She is unbelievable. Like you expect yeah. to see her at like some mega church with spotlights <laughs> on her. She's rocking the house. She's so good at like the worship aspect of being a worshiper leader you know she doesn't just sing she like right. is she all crazy like i stood up and i even clapped a little and i'm not like i'm not usually a hand raiser <laughs> yeah tyra lalo is who we're talking about and actually uh in all fairness she does not belong to dcbc she's a member of calvary chapel aurora uh and i approached her and her pastor a few months ago and asked if she can come over and help me out on wednesday nights and she agreed to come over for six months and not charge us a dime 
on Thursday uh, nights. That's amazing yeah. to get somebody that talented and yeah. to get her um, every Thursday night. And I've attended that church before. I never saw her there, so I'm thrilled to get her for six months. And I'm going to start working on her for a year. I'm going to be like, you know, if you left, it wouldn't be the same. And I think you're amazing. And I know she listens to the good news because I walked up and said, wow, you are good. And she said, I know you. You have the good news. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, she's a great lady. Her and her husband left. They're great people. Yeah, so uh, DCBC, Denver Christian Bible Church, we'd love to have you there on Thursday nights. Dinner's around 530, even 6, you could come. And then I'm bringing a friend, uh, in fact, this Thursday, so uh, he's got an amazing testimony. It's always fun to bring friends who've you know, really turned their lives around to um, introduce them to your church, so that'll be cool. Amen. Oh, okay, so with that said, I want to share with you guys— um, a story about uh, a little boy and oh you know what do you have that tim hawkins story you guys because i think that we're talking about hand raising and i didn't even uh, uh tell jorge to pull this but you know that clean comedian i've told you about pastor morland and he is joking around about uh in church he's asking people in the crowd do you go to a hand raising church which i think is so funny because you know mark grew up my husband in catholic churches and there is no hand raising there is no swaying there is no like moving to the music it's very somber and you you know, and I'm not saying that you know, I'm, I, that's not a criticism against Catholicism at all or my husband. He just sure. gets a little freaked out if he's standing next to somebody, you know, raising their hand. We once saw a lady um, running through the back of the sanctuary, not at your church, with a ribbon, and she had a leotard on. He's like, really? Like, can't she get your workout at home? That's a little nutty, you know? <laughs> so here is uh, Tim Hawkins talking about the various kinds of hand raising for people who don't understand how to do it at church. He, he'll explain. And I know that each church has its own worship style, you know, which is cool. Some people are more expressive in worship, some people more subtle, and it's all good. Um, I go to a church that's pretty expressive in worship. It's, um, it's a hand-raising church. That's what it is, right? That's what, you know, anybody here go to a hand-raising church? Anybody here? Sweet. Who here does not go to a hand-raising church? Some of you are trying, you're like, I can't, I want to, I need to get some momentum. <laughs> totally cool. But hey, if you're not used to going to a hand-raising church, you want to go and join us, feel free to join us, but don't feel like you've got to join right in, okay? Start slow. we got a lot of different hand-raises that we use. We actually have names for our hand-raises. So I'm going to walk you through real quick, okay, what they are, just to let you know. Say you're at my church, music is rocking, start slow. Hands in the pockets, a little elbow flap, you're fine. Very subtle. Get warmed up. Get your heart rate up. When you're warmed up, start with the first one. Ready? Carry the TV. Carry the TV, that's our first one. Very subtle. Go to big screen. Big screen, a little wider. Next one's my fish was this big. My fish was this big. If you're a liar, you can go out there, that's fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus loves you, Grace. Next one's hold my baby, hold my baby. Got dueling light bulbs. That's our next one, dueling light bulbs. We got goalpost, everybody knows goalpost. Throwing a heartburn, a lot of people like to do heartburn. Double heartburn, right back to goalpost. What's my favorite? Mufasa, Mufasa, that's my favorite. The circle of life. Tim, can you go higher? Yes, you can. Take one hand, go a bunch of different stuff. Pointer, hatchet, schoolroom. Release the doves, give the Lord a high five. Press it out. A lot of women like to wash the window. Wash the window. And when you're comfortable there, go for the big three. Village people, Rocky, touchdown. There you go, there's your big three. You're set. You're a pro. Come on, Pastor Moreland. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I'm falling over over here. <laughs> we are a hand-raising church, by the way. Just so the public knows, we raise hands. <laughs> no one makes you, but yes, many people do. You're right. No one comes yeah. around and like, this is a hand-raising church, ma'am. Please get your hands right, up. Right, no one's ever right. said anything to me. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Oh, gosh, I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Okay, so this is a little boy actually from the Denver metro area, and we had that really nasty cold snap. And uh, I just thought this was one of the sweetest stories. I love it when a kid already has a heart for others because sometimes you feel like you just have to trick them into being giving or like, be more giving, be, be kinder to others. I told you, be kind. You know, and it's like, that's not really how they learn. And some of them just, I'm always blown away by the kids that have it naturally. So this little guy is out in the freezing bitter cold uh, and the weekend he picked uh I wouldn't have been outside, and he's selling hot chocolate, but he's doing it for a friend. So take a listen. There's a reason freezing temperatures have not stopped him from being out here. And my friend Cade, he he was um, he had cancer. What you're seeing is a fundraiser. Children's Hospital. That's great. Yep. That's super. Children's Hospital. 
saved his life, so now I'm trying to sponsor it even more. It's an idea Tristan's dad, Steve, says he came up with all on his own. I was like, Tristan, you know, you, know, you may not make anything today, and it's okay if you don't. It's just the thought. Here you go. There's a dollar and a dollar for you. And on the day, he pulled in a whopping $15 to donate. Yeah, yeah, I think you did well today. It can change people's lives, and I really want to help the world. A world that today was a little too cold for business. <laughs> it's great. The kids want to repay it back. But a day warmed up by an eight-year-old's heart. Wow. Isn't that sweet? There's a little more I'll play you, but isn't that sweet that he... Well, here's the other thing I want to watch out with this. Pastor Moore and Lisa, I want your feedback on this. I think sometimes as parents, we discourage the kids because we're like, it's cold out, you're going to be disappointed. And I think about Dylan Siegel's chocolate bar book, and he had told his parents, you know, I really want to help my little buddy. Uh, Dylan was six and uh, his friend Jonah has an illness uh, that he wanted to raise some money to help. So he said, I want to write this book, Chocolate Bar. And in the book, um, like, Chocolate Bar means awesome. Like, Pastor Moreland is Chocolate Bar. Therapist Lisa's Chocolate Bar. The good news is Chocolate Bar. Like, awesome, right? And so instead of his parents saying, oh, that's a sweet little thought. We're too busy. Let's not do that. Do you know how much he's raised with that book so far? Over a million bucks to help wow. cure his friend's wow. illness in two years over a million wow. bucks so don't you think sometimes we discourage it because we're too busy or we don't want them to be let down out there selling hot chocolate well and even with that father you, you know you're not going to make that much so it's already a negative spin versus you know why put that out there i agree i mean and not to put that dad down but i i do think that's a normal instinct maybe because we wouldn't do it or you're right angie well, it's so dad, cold and the, at least the dad did say though yes. it's the thought that counts so, exactly and he let him go for it he and did. they set him all up in the freezing cold and the parents kept coming out don't you think sometimes pastor moreland we uh poo poo our kids dreams and passions and their desire to give for instance riley um he signed us up to volunteer every weekend uh, last time we were at the Rescue Missions Crossing facility where the families and the New Life program, like drug addiction program is. And uh, he likes serving so much. Um, he told Cameo, one of the guys that heads up the program for the, the food and the serving in the kitchen, he said, uh, we're going to be here every Saturday. So Cameo was like, great. And I'm like, well, we have swim team and we have the Pinewood Derby and we have dance. And I, I said, we can't be here every Saturday. But, you know, so I did kind of rain on his parade. I do think we do that. In fact, I, uh, you know, to take that a, a little deeper, I tell people, you know, when you have a dream or vision or goal and you start asking people, you really have to take their opinion with a grain of salt because people can only tell you uh, or give you advice based on what they've experienced and what they've done, right? So we don't have the inherent ability as human beings to look beyond ourselves, to look beyond our experience. It's like trying to send a postcard from somewhere that you've never been. And so you, you go out and you get all these different opinions about should I and can I and what's your thought about this and what's your thought about that, and, and you wind up a little discouraged, or you can wind up a little discouraged because people are only giving you advice based on what they've done. And so I really try to encourage people that if you've got a dream, you've got a vision, you've got a goal, go for it. Go for it. Take the first step and figure it out along the way. I don't mean be negligent or be flippant, but go for it. Excellent. All right, well, let's hear the last little part of his story, because he actually, uh, he did earn a little money for Children's Hospital. Take a listen. Here's Tristan. Sometimes I just say hot chocolate for sale. Oh, the world of business. Yeah. Not again. It can be a cold, cold place. Yeah, really cold. And on a cold, cold day. Thought I could... Business can be tough. Do a hot chocolate stand. And with temperatures that can make words hard to come by. Yeah, it's kind of hard to think. It's hard to think why eight-year-old Tristan Regini... Nice warm apple cider! ...would choose today to set up shop. Are you open for business? You see, uh, yeah. there's more okay, behind so Tristan's business than just cocoa and marshmallows. I'm just thinking right now that if he had done this with me, he would have been very, very excited. Is this the first time you've done this out here? Yeah. So I just think that's so neat that, you know, uh, Cade is a little boy who was sick. Tristan, you know, does this for him. And uh, in the next segment, Pastor Moreland and Therapist Lisa, I want to touch on 
the topic of self-esteem for our children and that peer pressure and that bullying. I know we broached that topic before, but I'm so touched by this four-year-old little girl. Here she is at school, and uh, she's told uh, by her little classmate, uh, "You're you're you're ugly. You're ugly." And we all know those words can stick. I've had guests on the show uh, who were told things when they were six and seven years old who believed it, you know, up into their, you know, 30s, for instance, or longer. And so I want to talk about her courage and her response is, to me, mind-blowing. I absolutely love it. We'll be right back with the good news. Proclaiming the love of Christ. 810 KLVZ, where love lives. I don't know about you, but I love to shop and I love a good deal. And my husband likes it when I get a good deal. You have to know about ARC thrift stores. On Saturdays, most items are half off. My friend Frances Owens, who's the former first lady you may know, also works for ARC. And she and I kind of have a running competition. Yes, we do. Now, what are some of the good deals you've gotten recently? Well, I just got a Dooney and Burke briefcase for $25. They run around three to $400. Perfect condition. I saw an Armani bag in there recently. I didn't get that one, but that was an incredible deal. I did get the coach bag, oh. brand new with the tag still on it. It was worth about $200. Yep. And I paid, uh, I think it was $20. Well, I just have to say thank you to the people that are donating these things. Oh my gosh. There are so many amazing pieces you can find. They've got 22 locations, and your website is, if they want to find a location, www.arcthrift.org. And all the money helps people with disabilities. So you spend money, and it goes to a great cause. Yay! One in six children in Colorado are living below the federal poverty line, and A Precious Child is here to help. They are a wonderful organization that is devoted to making a positive impact in the lives of disadvantaged and displaced families in Colorado by improving their quality of life. Come on and partner with A Precious Child by volunteering your time or donating funds to assist the children of Colorado to succeed in life, school, and triumph in their future endeavors. They're also in need of donations of gently used clothing, computers, sporting equipment, and shoes. Discover how you can help at A Precious child.org. Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, you can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs. Um, and you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check in some of those things. But it's a, a few times a month commitment. And you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend. Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying. I do. I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org The Love of Christ 810 a.m. KLVZ. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the good news. All right, so we've got Pastor Moreland on the line and also Therapist Lisa. And I have a story that I think Therapist Lisa's seen, but Pastor Moreland, have you heard about this little girl who was told, four-year-old, that she was told uh, she was ugly at school? I have not heard about this story. Okay, so cute, sweet little girl, um, four years old, and a lot of kids believe this stuff. I've known of little kids that come home and say, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm whatever, because the kid speaks it to them. And they're like, oh, well, if they said that about me, it must be true. So obviously this gets more painful as the kids get older. Even last night, Riley wore a swimsuit to um, a swim team that wasn't his normal swim team suit. And he must have cried no less than three times over it, third grade. And then and he whined approximately 197 times. But Finally, who's counting? I went in my room and I was like, and he's like, why are you going in your room? I'm like, I'll be honest, I can't handle one more wine, you know? And so, because he was like a, you know, like a surfboard suit, like board shorts, and you don't race in those. And we're like at swim team. So then we get there and he's hanging his head. And my dad says, look in the pool. And Riley looks, he goes, can you tell what kind of swimsuit any of those kids are wearing while they're doing, you know, swim team practice? And he's like, get in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> 
And then no, no more, no more than four minutes later, we see him sitting on the edge of the pool. Some girls flirting with him. He's happy as a clam, and it's like just get you're 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 in third grade. You know, it's not it's not a fashion show. You know, just get in the pool and swim. You're like the fastest kid in your age group. Can that be part of your pride? Mm-hmm. Not your embarrassment over wearing board shorts. So already I see them getting like weirded out with peer pressure and what to wear and how they look. So here's a little girl, four years old, and her mom is asking her on videotape to talk about what this kid said to her at school. Here she is. How old are you? I'm four years old. Uh, what grade are you in? I'm a K-4. Okay, what happened in school today? The little boy said I look ugly. I said I didn't came here to make fashion statement. I came here to learn, not look pretty. I didn't come here to make a fashion statement. I came here to learn, not look pretty. And then in a later interview, she says, I feel good and I am happy. Wow. That, that just shows her self-worth, right? She believes in herself. It doesn't matter what other people think about her. And I commend her parents for that because somewhere her parents are building her up that she's feeling it from within. That's amazing. And I have to say, you know, we have talked about this and... You know, as much as I try, I can already tell that my kids are really getting pulled into that, you know, what you wear, what kind of backpack you have, your shoes, the little toys that every month or two, there's a new little toy that's in that first it was these teeny mates. They're like $4 for a tiny little eraser size football player. And I'm like, what kind of idiot am I if I buy five teeny mates and it's 20 bucks and it's like 10 cents worth of plastic, you know, but then Pokemon cards. And then now he wants these, uh, uh, this video game that they, play something minecraft little teeny three dollar pieces of plastic each one and they're like as big as my fingernail and so just that pressure to fit in to be able to trade to be like the other kids and i think i've told you guys before that my dad gets stared at a lot when he does tai chi in the parking lot of like gas stations when uh he's stressed out in the car with the kids and the kids say everybody's staring at you and he says i don't care he's like be yourself and the kids do tell each other that but how do we raise kids like cc pastor morland I think we've got to start early, um, and I think we have to do it often. Uh, so I think I, I, I echo the sentiments of therapist Lisa, who said, you know, kudos to the parents. I think parents, as parents, we have to realize we are the single biggest influence in our kids' life, particularly uh, same-sex parents. So father-son, mother-daughter, the research suggests that you are the single biggest influence uh, in your kid's life. Now, that doesn't mean that our kids don't aren't normal kids, right? They're, they want the new tennis shoes. They want the latest jeans and, and so on and so forth. And, and I must say, as a parent, I, I kind of have a sensitive heart to some of that stuff just because of how I grew up. So, you know, do I buy the $100 jeans? No, but I don't want my kid to feel like an outcast either. So I try to I try to hit somewhere in the middle, but I think I think we have to start early and, and reinforce it often. Oh my gosh, Pastor Merlin, I have that same thing. Oh my gosh, because, and I'm not very materialistic myself. Um, I, those things don't mean a lot to me, fancy things. But with my kids, I do have a heart for that because I grew up poor and I mm-hmm. didn't have the cool clothes. I remember once I got attacked by a dog as I was riding my bike and it chewed up the back leg of my pants and I, they were Levi's. It was my only pair. So my mom patched the, up the bite up. So the back of the, you know, like leg that was all ripped open, she patched it with some kind of sew on, uh, you know, the iron on patch so that I could mm-hmm. still wear them. And so I too feel like I don't want my kids to stand out and be ostracized because they don't have some of those nice things because I feel like they already have enough to deal with. And I agree, I'm not buying the $100 jeans, but if they want Levi's or you know a pair of Nikes, like I, I actually will do that because I do have a heart for that and being left out because you don't have the cool stuff. Yeah, I, I think we've got to be careful. We have to be careful not to go this opposite extreme because yes. at the end of the day, our kids do spend more time at school than they do with us. And so... Um, whereas I think parents are the single biggest influence, I don't discount the amount of times they get made fun of. Or I mean, and we've seen kind of what bullying does. We've seen kids commit suicide, and we see kids wind up with eating disorders, and so on and so forth. So I, I try to I try to play the balance. You know, I, I'm not spending 200 bucks on shoes, but if you're doing great with your grades, and um, you know, and we're keeping up and doing the things we actually do around the house, you know, maybe we buy the Nikes that are last seasons or the ones from three months ago. Yeah. So that's kind of how we do it. Oh, yeah. I'm not against clearance sale. (laughs) 
If they're from yeah. last year, I don't care. Hey, it's got a swoosh on it. It's Nike. Yeah. Just, uh, leave mommy alone now. You know, like when they you know harass you for a certain kind of shoe, because already even in you know grade school, some of the kids are getting those ridiculously expensive shoes, and I think that's absurd. And I agree. Yeah. Then I think we're just getting that. That just gets silly. That's silly, silly, silly. Pastor Moreland, I know you have to go. You're busy. Denver Christian Bible Church, and you've got Connect this Thursday night Bible study and dinner, and we'd love for people to come. Uh, starts at five thirty, but you could uh, arrive. As late as six, and it's uh, it's great. Thank you, Pastor Moreland. No problem. Thank you, guys. Have you, a great day. You betcha. All right, therapist Lisa, you obviously come into contact with that whole self-esteem thing because you love. You are an odd bird. You love to work with teens. <laughs> I do you love teens. I do. Love and you know teens. what? I do too, to some degree. But they scare me sometimes when they start heading down the wrong path. I'm a little freaked out by them. But I, I think so often they just want to be heard and they understood. Do. They do. And, you know, and one thing I do want to say, you know, and Pastor Moreland said it, it is a balance. So because I do believe fitting in is important to a lot of kids, you know, and if, and they feel ostracized if they don't. But the other thing I think a question to ask our kids is, you know, when they come home and say, Tommy said this about me, you know, Susie said this about me. It's asking your kids, how do you feel about you? So we're so worried about what other people think. It's more about what do you think inside? How do you feel about yourself? What's going on with you? Because that's what matters. Why do we put more weight in what other people think about ourselves versus what we think about ourselves? So I think that's the big question is, you know, starting to, to you know, hey, well, how do you feel? Doesn't yeah. make it true just because they said something. Yeah, Hope said the other day, um, and this is, you know, she's just seven. She said, uh, if someone tells me to do something I don't like, I say, I don't I feel that's right in my heart. Mm. I was like, whoa. She's always said things I thought were like way deeper than she a seven-year-old or whatever. One. Yeah, I don't feel it's right in my heart. That's... And I'm like, okay, well, that's a conscience. Definitely. You know, that is so cool. And I'm going to have Jorge pull something for me about teenagers and snow. Uh, I, I called it teen snow. And as we uh, before we play this, because I think this is a great way to keep kids on the right track through, um, you know, through working with uh, youth groups, et cetera, because I feel like, especially like Lutheran High, for instance, when I meet those kids from Lutheran High here locally, I feel like there's pressure. They even tell me to do good things and stay on the right track. And so this particular story um, is about uh, kids getting together, giving back and having fun. And then I want you to think while we listen to this about some of the common problems that just in general teens come to you with. Let's take a listen to the feel good story first. This time of year, it's no surprise to see the metro area getting served with this much snow. Oh, yeah. It was great. But people on South Olive Way woke up surprised to find their neighborhood had been served another way. My daughter came and woke us up and said, look outside. What they noticed was not how much snow there was. And you just don't see that this day and age. But where the snow wasn't. And they did everything, the driveway, the stoop, the whole sidewalk, all the way up to the fence. Every single walkway had been shoveled. I mean, I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. The mystery shovelers weren't looking for praise. The only clue they left came in the form of a message. They didn't try and take any credit for it. But this is what they left on the door. It says you got served. We wanted to get out before we could, like anyone woke up. Nick so Marabella and five of his friends spent their Sunday morning working. We just felt like it was a really good idea to serve the whole neighborhood and shovel as many driveways as we could. Love it. And so then they talk a little bit in the next part about how this can be fun. You can make giving back and doing the right thing fun. Being a good kid doesn't have to be boring. Take a listen. It was an effort coordinated by their youth group. A few driveways took a really long time. There were some really long ones. I don't like the long ones. But they worked anyway on the whole block. 53, I'm pretty sure. 53. It was thick, and uh, they did it. They did it all. They did everybody's. And they weren't looking for a reward. I was going to go out and offer them money. They didn't want money, so we brought them hot chocolate. Their reward. It's really fun, honestly. Just sweating. Enjoying the snow. After a morning of moving the snow. Like getting to just kind of work really hard and then kind of play really hard at the same time. Some well-deserved fun after a selfless morning. It's just kind of the best way I think we could spend a Sunday. That's wow. so sweet. I remember hearing about that story. That's amazing. 
I just, I love to accumulate these stories and then I drive Jorge crazy because I'll be like, oh, Lisa's talking about something that fits with a story that I found. Jorge, go find that story I found because they've already cut them for me. All right. So uh, in working with kids, you love to do the teenage, you know, work with the teenagers. What are some of the common things you think that that they're battling that they come to you with just in general? I think school pressure or peer pressure. That's a big one. You know, I feel, you know, obviously we've been kiddos and adolescents, but I do feel like this generation, it is harder. There's just a lot more responsibility on them. Um, I think even getting into colleges, there's a lot more, um, you know, it's harder to get into colleges these days. So, and then the volunteering, I, I just think the pressure for kiddos is a lot more than maybe that we had to experience, you know. I also think about the peer influence, drugs, alcohol, like, you know, there's more. And by the way, uh, for parents that, you know, even the kids at the Christian schools say it's still there. Definitely. And it's still at some of the parties they go to. However, um, they've also expressed that the pressure is less. Like they don't feel, because some of the kids I talk to have gone to a public school and then gone to a Christian school. And there are a lot of great public schools out there, don't get me wrong. But you're not surrounded by the Christian kids saying, you know, maybe you should do, should do the right thing. Mm-hmm. You're surrounded by some some kids who are saying, you know, hey, why don't you join us? You know, so they're 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 they've admitted to me that there is more pressure to be good when they're surrounded by their friends who are like minded. Right. You know, and that's a good point because I think your peer influence is really important. So hopefully your child gets into a crowd that you know that they are good kids. You know, and not to say good kids can't make bad choices. But the point is, they're going to be more driven, more, you know, wanting to do volunteer, wanting to, the academics are really important. Because it's funny, personally, my kids, my kids both went to the same middle school. My son, I always ask him, you know, um, you know, anyone approach you with drugs? And he looks at me like, there's no one, no one does drugs at my school. Now, my daughter's two years younger. She tells me all these stories, you know, and it's just different kids, same environment. Interesting. So my son will swear that there, when he went to middle school, no one did drugs. No and one. Your daughter says. And my daughter sees different things already going on exactly so thank god she doesn't do it but the point is it's when you're in a different my son has a different circle of peers than my daughter does you know and I don't know if girl boy whatever but academically there is a difference as well so I think that's important. It's, you know, parents need to know who your kids are hanging out with. Um, We talked about this numerous times where parents just drop kids off and don't really meet the parents anymore. I think that's important. Parents need to get involved. Parents need to, I mean, I still, my, my son just turned 16 when he goes to a friend's house. I walk up to the door, make sure the parent, you know, opens the door. Exactly, you know, and I trust my son, but I also want to meet the parents. So, and, and just have a conversation with them. So many times on the opposite, kids will just come into our house and I don't even know when they're in there and the parents dropped them off and I don't even see the parents. They, you know, still hunk up, you know, for the kids to come out and stuff. Or now with the cell phone, I'm here, come on out. Wow, and you so don't need them at all. So there's a huge disconnect. And I think peers, you know, I mean, um, adolescents see that. So well, I'm telling you something. If your son was uh, uh, friends with Jorge's daughter, when you dropped him off, Jorge, his <laughs> questionnaire, they fell out. Right. He does a background check. Uh, he likes to also go through your wall a little bit. <laughs> he doesn't bring... He has a Winchester I behind the door. That too. I mean, Jorge knows everywhere his daughter goes, <laughs> everything funny. she does, every app she downloads. Like he is leaving nothing, That's nothing great. to chance, right, you Jorge? Know? Nothing to chance. Yeah, he protects her big time, and he should. Yes, See, and I, and, and I, I agree with both of you though in meeting the parents. And even now, you know, I have these situations where the young kids are invited over for a sleepover, mm-hmm. and I know I'm paranoid. I'll admit I'm the first one to admit it. I know that I'm the oddball, and I know I'm the one that like, oh, well, you know. She won't let her kids stay over. But a lot of times I don't know about their family environment. I don't know if they have teenagers, the crazy uncle staying over. Is that weird cousin Eddie coming by who likes to drink a 12-pack while he watches NASCAR? I don't know. Right. You know? And he could be a great guy, but I don't know. So, yeah, welcome to my paranoia. All right, therapist Lisa, how do people reach you? That's why I'm here. I'll help you. (laughs) Um, Life Support Behavioral Institute, 888-516-5995. Excellent. We'll be right back.
810 a.m. KLVZ. Love lives here. Do you need money for your school or maybe you need money for your organization? I have a great idea for you. It's called Buck a Bag. So you get all the parents, let's say, at your school to bring in clothing and shoes. And for every medium-sized bag, your school or organization gets a dollar. thousand bags of clothing and shoes, you get a $1,000. And then all of those bags of goods go to ARC. And all of that money will then in turn help the disabled community. I have Miranda from ARC here. Uh, tell us a little more, Miranda. Yes, it's a wonderful fundraiser. It's very popular among schools, sports organizations churches. It's a great way to earn money for your nonprofit organization. So Excellent. Collect bags and boxes of donations. Give us a call. We'll come pick them up, count them, and then pay you accordingly, a dollar per bag or per box. It's a great way to raise money for your school or not-for-profit organization. Tell us how we do it. Give us your website and instructions, Miranda. You can find our contact information on arcthrift.org. Click on Mission, and then click on Raise Money for Your Cause, and you'll find my contact information there. Excellent. A buck a bag. Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, You can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs, um, and you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check in some of those things, but it's a, a few times a month commitment. And you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend. Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying. I do. I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just, I I love going to church now. I learn something every week and I I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people. And two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning. And I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. Hi, it's Angie Austin from The Good News. I want to talk to you about something pretty personal, uh, growing up in a home with domestic violence. I have a real heart for these women and these children who are around this violence, and I'm helping out with a night of hope, and I'd love to invite you. The tickets are just $40, but more importantly than the price and the food, the entertainment, the wonderful auction items and the music, we are going to share stories of women who've been involved in domestic violence, including my own family story, and we would love for you to come and support us and help fund a safe house for But God Ministries. They get calls from families who need a place to go, who are seeking help, and But God Ministries right now does not have a safe house. So we are helping to raise money to get a safe house for these families. What better way to spend a night for $40 to have a wonderful night of entertainment? I would just love for you to come. I'll be there. Please come and support But God Ministries, A Night of Hope at Waterstone Community Church on March 14th, and that's 5.30 to 9 p.m. You can get tickets at my website, AngieAustinRadio.com, and that will take you right to But God Ministries. Well, if you want to attain your dreams and you want to reach your goals, Carrie Conley is the woman to do it. And we just had a great seminar. Boy, that was fun. And we learned so much. We It was a life changer, was it not? It changed my life last year and once again this year. Very inspirational. It's such a reward for me, Angie, when I see people, not only when I work with them one-on-one or in my small mastermind groups, but when you've got 200 people in a room and you can see them, I can see all their faces when I say something or somebody else says something where you can just know that that hit them to the core. And they made a huge shift in their life. And that's what it's all about. Well, you've really guided me in my career, achieving some of the goals that, you know, I had in mind over the last year. You helped me write it all down. If people want to work with you in the future, how do they get in touch with you? And how do they work with you on achieving their goals, Carrie? So the best way to reach me is just through my website, infinitenation.com. And what I do is run mastermind groups that I bring people into for the year and help them achieve their goals 
build their business. InfiniteNation.com. Thanks, Carrie. Thank you. Love Lives, 810 AM, KLVZ. Welcome, welcome back to the good news. All right, the good news is that I am so excited that in this job, the show that really I created, I wanted to focus on and feature really great stories that are people doing the right thing, touching others. And Linda Holloway with Bessie's Hope is here because they have a big event coming up that we'd love for you to attend. But I want to talk first, Linda, about you know what Bessie's Hope does and why you created it because I think it's genius to take seniors and at-risk youth and others and bring them together because they're, they're two groups that need love so much. Yes, they do. And when, when God told me to do that, bring, bring them together, the young and the old, I think I've talked about that before on your show, uh, I sort of didn't really know what he meant because um, I was angry because of my grandmother. And I thought, what did they have to do? What would the kids have to do with But anyway, um, it, it, it is like magic, just like our, our event this year says, but um, we do work from preschool through high school, but it's, uh, word has gotten out how almost, almost immediately life-changing the experience is for the at-risk kids, and especially the more quote-unquote hardcore they are, the more dramatic the change. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. And the kids who are in the lockdown facilities because of the behavior problems, so often they don't need more uh, discipline and more um, drugs. You know, it's like, what, how can we modify his behavior? Well, try this, try this drug. They just need to uh, have somebody really value them and need them. And so when they feel that with the elder, and it's so reciprocal, and it never, if it never ceases to give me chills and just overwhelm my heart when I see these big guys on their knees holding the hand of the elders and both of them just melting into each other. It's Um, beautiful. It is. and It's uh, genius. Well, God gave you a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) He's pretty smart. I guess so, yeah. Well, you know, in doing this, and I I know it's opened up to not just at-risk youth because you told me families can do it, and I've interviewed uh, one of the gentlemen, one of the elderly um, men, Steve, that is involved in the program, and how kids just flock to him because he's so loving. Um, Talk about, um, so families could do it as well. Any stories that, like, where something's happened or was said to you or a reaction that you thought to yourself, okay, this is a lot of hard work putting Bessie's Hope together and running it by myself. And I know you have help, but you've put a lot into this and made a lot of sacrifices. And I'm sure thought about giving up sometimes. So then have there been some occasions where you've seen or heard something and you've got, you know what, that's why I'm doing this because of that beautiful result. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And and my co-founder, Sharon, is actually the executive director now we flip-flopped and I'm development ah, director yes but I still but, know you're highly involved uh, oh well yes um I mean I it's 80 hours a week it's it's it runs through my blood but at any rate um the success stories I, I like to um share about well for instance the elders um there was a woman uh, who I might have even used her quote in this I can't remember but she, we were involved with a, an at-risk group of kids, Colorado Uplift, in fact, and the the elders, and we were where Steve lives, actually, and uh, we were involved in in something, and she didn't have she's ninety six years old, and so I I just asked her I said, why do you think this is really important? Just assuming that she knew that it was uh, to have the kids come and get to know you all, and and vice versa. And she said, well, not only is it a pleasure, but it's a necessity. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, when you get to be 96 and perhaps you've outlived everyone uh, or you don't have any family, and that's perhaps one reason why people don't get visitors or perhaps they're estranged from their, their families, families. Mm-hmm. yeah, or people get busy and don't visit the people that they love, who raised them and reared them, and they're in other states, and their schedule doesn't permit it. I was going to stop on my way home, but then I had to go to the grocery store, and poor mom is, you know, not getting visits. And you've given me some stats in the past about um, the number of people who don't get regular visits when they're in, uh, you know, senior care. Sixty percent in nursing homes. It's a national statistic. Sixty percent do not receive personal visitors. 
at all or rare at no, all? No, at all. <gasps> oh, sixty percent. I, I know you've told me that before, but it just it still shocks me. I'm like, that can't be right. And every time you tell me, and it's a national study, I'm like, oh my goodness, that is heartbreaking because mm-hmm. you don't want to believe that many people would be that lonely. All right, what about the impact on the at-risk kids? Anyone ever um, said to you anything about how it's impacted them, or you've seen over time them change? Oh, definitely. And in fact, there is, um, uh, they're sort of flashing before my eyes, but there was um, uh, a little boy, because we always think of teenagers, but there was specifically a little boy in the um, fourth grade, wow. and his, um, his, the vice principal actually called us to tell us that um, what, what a remarkable change he has seen. And he said that the teachers behind this kid's back call him, refer to him as Junior Khan because he lives in such a horrific family environment. And it's just, it, it, he said, it's just horrible what he has to endure. And so he said, I didn't even know, he said, I didn't even know the kid could smile. And so they've been going weekly to the nursing home. The kid is smiling. He has stopped being so um, bullying and so... Uh, and so abusive to the teachers, he's developed more respect. And it's all we believe because he feels that connection with the elders and he feels respect. I love that. All right, you need volunteers. You want people to attend your event. Uh, It's Music, Magic, and More Thursday, April 2nd. It's going to be at the Marriott Denver Tech Center. And uh, so if you want more information, where should they go if they'd like to get tickets to um, attend the event and help support Bessie's Hope or volunteer? Yes, call me, 303-830-9037, or go to BessiesHope.org. Excellent. Well, you're a real blessing, Linda. I love what you do, and I know it's a passion for you. So thanks for bringing so much love into these hearts of the elders and the at-risk youth. You're, you're, You're wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.